You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel. And you can find it at certainpov.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This week, we are going to jump into and take our training licks in the Red Room. Isn't that right, Chris? That's right. We're going to go. Uh, we're, we're, we're recording this live in Moscow, and uh, we're going to see how well we do. Uh, hopefully, by the end of it, we will be some cool uh, Black Widows and Winter Soldiers and all these awesome... <laughs> characters that come out of the red room well i mean doing a little bit of doing some reading on the red room uh we come to find out there's been only one male person to come out of the equivalent of the russian red room uh with which was called the wolf spider uh program yep, so the wolf spider <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to talk about that here in a second but uh before we get into that as always we're gonna get into what is new on this new comic book day so chris what's on that spinner rack all right, so Tuesday, coming at you from DC Comics, you will have Batman Fortnite Zero Point Issue 6. So that miniseries is still going on, and it's been doing well. So if you're involved, then go get yourself an issue. Uh, Batman Secret Files The Signal will be getting a one-shot there. So if you want to see what's going to be happening to our uh, our young friend Duke Thomas, then definitely pick this book up. I love that they're using the Secret Files title. I'm just curious if they're really going to be living up to the Secret Files like the way they used to make them uh, back when we were buying those in the late 90s, early 2000s. But I am happy that he's getting a spotlight there. Batman, The Adventures Continue Seasons 2, Issue 2 will be out. Uh, I've been enjoying this because now we are looking at the Court of Owls coming into Batman, the animated series. So that's been fun. Uh, if you look on the main cover, we have Zatanna on there as well. And I can't remember if she has a heavy feature or not. Um, I know Dead Man's in there, so for all three of us fans, uh, definitely pick this issue up if you already haven't pre-ordered. Uh, this will be his <laughs> last issue in the series, which was kind of a, a sad moment for me. Um, so, but that is, is was Zatanna? Was Zatanna? I know she's a, a showbiz person, but was she ever a uh, circus person? Because you got Dead Man and you got Nightwing on the cover there, which were both uh, circus people. And if I remember correctly, wasn't the the um, Talon that uh, Dick Grayson goes up against in his book, in his Nightwing book, wasn't that a uh, former circus person as well? Well, I know one of the Talons was his grandfather. That's true. Um, so I don't, I don't know if they're going that deep. I just kind of flip through the issue. I don't know if they're going that deep with the continuity, um, but I imagine Nightwing, Zatanna, and, and Deadman, you know, they're all part of the biz, and then they're also part of, you know, uh, entertainment. So I think those are the people that they kind of watch out for each other because I do remember Zatanna when she got her Batman the Animated Series episode. They were definitely playing it up as they're more stage magic, uh, just because Bruce, a young Bruce, was learning from Zathara, right, yeah. her father. Uh, but then she does pop up in Justice League Unlimited, and then that's where we start seeing the magic being very magical, like we think of when it comes to our, our pop culture entertainment. Um, so I imagine, you know, maybe there's a little play that, yeah, Justice League Dark animated series is out there in a happier universe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Moving along, 
We will also have Batman issue 110 will be out. Uh, so we are starting to see a little bit more of the magistrate make their mark in the modern day. And then this will also be leading us to the fear state. So definitely keep an eye out for that. I love this jock variant. Um, the idea of the bat signal being formed via Batman and his cape. I think that's pretty cool. Nice and simple, but it looks well. It's done nicely. Um, crime syndicate issue five will be out. So the crime syndicate is all about the evil version of the justice league. In this, we will meet the Legion of justice, a play on the Legion of doom. So will these characters be enough to convince power ring to help them shut down the heroes or will they just be beaten up really badly as the justice or sorry, as the uh, crime syndicate tend to do when it comes to their villains who's the members of the legion of justice there we have a uh, lex luther it looks like uh maybe yeah, so it looks like they're definitely going to be playing with a uh, lex luther let's see here if i can get a better write up so we will be getting earth three's luther savannah venus power tower red hood lonar and thal sinestro okay so i recognize thal uh, uh, I know who Red Hood is, but I'm guessing that's down. Yeah, that one down there. Yeah, this weird uh, punk rocker looking version of it. Yeah. And Power Tower is supposed to be the good version of what is her name? Giganta. Yeah, Giganta. Giganta. Uh, who do you think the the horse mechanical horse riding guy back there is? Let's see. Let me get those names again. So Lonar, maybe? Yeah, probably Lonar. But then again, they do mention Savannah. So maybe he, uh, maybe he's got a, cause I think Savannah for me, that's making me think about, uh, uh, the Savannah, the, the, the bad guy from the, uh, Captain Marvel stuff, Dr. Savannah. But that's with an I that's S I V A. And this is S A V A. I know it, 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 that's it, how they spelled in Earth Three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the one lady looks like she might be Earth Three's version of Poison Ivy, so maybe she—that's a uh, Poison Ivy. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm feeling like there. The Venus, maybe, maybe that's who that one would be. That could be Venus, and then maybe, and then there, who's this Catwoman that's in front? I, I don't know. I, mean, I like that's Tigra because she's usually associated with the Lydra. Not Tigra. Oh, my God. I'm mixing my universes. Cheetah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess Cheetah. Usually Cheetah is involved in the Legion of Doom, huh? Yeah. A red hood with blonde hair. Who could, You think that might be Asriel? I was thinking it's green, but now that you say blonde, man, I could see that being blonde. Um, I mean, it's Earth 3, so who knows what happens? I'm looking at those ripped pants. So if that is Gene Paul... Um, then that's going to be your next tattoo. I want that on you for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. Mitch's next tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That's It's a very interesting lineup. Um, what? It's a six-part miniseries, so we will have one more issue to digest this very uh, different-looking Legion of Justice played to the Legion of Doom. I will say though, when we look at the other variant covers, so this is their um, their Johnny Quick, their Evil Flash. I don't. He's weird looking, man. Like the the running around with no shirt, lightning bolt chest, spikes, and just these weird goggles. And like, I I don't know. It's I've never seen a version of uh, Johnny Quick that way. So it is definitely something else. Which one do you? Uh, which name do you like better? Do you like Legion of Doom better or Injustice League better? See, I like Injustice League uh, just because I feel, or I guess technically, I, so I've I've always thought of them as the Injustice Gang. Oh, that's um, right, Injustice Gang. Yeah, well, because I think that plays better because, like, obviously, Justice, Injustice, those are two opposites. A league is, you know, something that's more socially acceptable. Gangs kind of have that, oh, that's that bad word, you know. So I've kind of, I've like, wh- whenever I s- assemble my evil villainous team, I always go with the Injustice gang. That's how I play them. Uh, the Legion of Doom, I know everybody 
goes back to those Super Friends cartoons. That was before my time, so I mean, I'm not against it, but I think Injustice Gang does sound a way cooler. Same. <laughs> yep. All right, let's see. Moving along, uh, Crush and Lobo issue two will be out. So if you want to explore more of the adventures of uh, Lobo's uh, baby girl, definitely check that out. So wait, uh, DC horror. Oh, go ahead. If if Lobo was always considered the last Cesarian, uh, and now you have Crush, like is she half something else, or is she is was there another Cesarian around? I have no clue. I mean, honestly, it could even be a play of one of Lobo's pieces regrew itself differently and gain sentience. I'm not too sure what true. her backstory is. That is true. Uh, she'll. Uh, that sounds like a good 101 that we'll have to do someday. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. Uh, let's see what else. Um, all right. So the conjuring, uh, the lover issue two will be out. So if you were enjoying that, you want some more, go for it. Uh, green lantern issue four will be out. I was laughing at this cause, um, I was talking with Rafa and I was like, you know what? Like, cause we both like, we're both huge Hal Jordan fans. And for the last, what, probably two and a half years, we've been very lucky having the green lantern, uh, Grant Morrison take on Green Lantern, and it's just been a big Hal Jordan story. Um, it's definitely tough to digest. You know, this is not a book that you come home after a long day of work and sit down and read. Like, you've got to analyze it. Uh, Grant Morrison's always been known for the uh, the tales he will tell, but this one is just insane. So anyways, uh, then with Green Lantern being taken over by Jeffrey Thorne, there's a little bit of concern because the guy has been very much a Hal Jordan naysayer, I think is a good word for it. Like he's just like, just bashed Hal Jordan to no end. And so it was kind of, uh Oh, this is very scary. But luckily since he's been on the book, he's done a good job of world building. Uh, he's definitely mentioned all the characters as best as he can. Um, I'm okay with Hal taking a little bit of a backseat. He's been the featured character. Uh, we have Teen Lantern from Young Justice popping into the book now, and we have Joe popping into the book as well from Far Sector. Um, and I was like, oh, this is just, it's actually really good. I've been entertained by it. And then I did a sneak peek of issue four. Very slow. <laughs> so check this book out but do not start with issue four uh go back to issue one or if you're so inclined do the two issues of future state but just issue four be ready it is going to be slow and it, that one is a chore so <laughs> i'll leave it at that <laughs> so it looks like uh crush's mother is a human but we don't know who yet so she is half senzarian half human that is one brave woman to uh, <laughs> do the uh, double-sided monster with Lobo. That's insane. <laughs> All right. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's see. Scrolling along after we wash our eyes. Uh, Justice League Infinity number one will be out. J.M. Dematis and James Tucker will be teaming up with Ethan Beavers, and we will be getting the Justice League cartoon back in comic book format. So if you were a fan of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, get ready. The adventures are happening again. Thankfully, Batman, uh, the animated series, continues those comics have been doing well enough for them to try it with Justice League. I'm super hyped. Um, I, I definitely think I might be checking this one out. Um, the cover art looks pretty solid. I haven't checked, taken out the uh, interior art, which is going to be wild. Um, so, but yeah, for fans of that, get ready. You know, it looks like they're going to be back. The variant cover features Elongated Man too, so it looks like we might even be getting more than just the Cartoon Seven as well. Justice League issue 64 will be out as well. Uh, so we get to see what's going on as a bunch of other heroes uh, called the United will be coming to take a look at the Justice League in their current state. And we will probably be either having some wild team ups or some wicked fights. Next Batman second son number four will be out continuing John Ridley's adventures with the next generation of Batman. And we also have Nice House on the Lake, Issue 2, Sensational Wonder Woman, Number 5, and Suicide Squad, Number 5, uh, with a nice Peacemaker cover there, so get ready. But the variant cover features the 
crime syndicate as we were just talking about it. So if you want to see the squad go up against the syndicate, this will definitely be an issue worth picking up. Swamp Thing number five will be out. Wonder Girl issue two will be out. Uh, if we move on to collected editions, we've got Batman Damned as a trade paperback. Future State Batman Dark Detective will continue to collect some more of the adventures of the future state of Gotham City. Justice League of America, the Bronze Age Omnibus number three will be out. So if you want to get some more of those late 70s, or sorry, eh, oh man, it's always tough to call the, the Bronze Age. I guess it might be mid 80s is probably the better time period to look at. And if you're still shopping for more Justice League Unlimited, check out the Girl Power Trade paperback, which will feature very uh, leading lady stories from those cartoon eras. This Wednesday from Marvel Comics, we will be getting Amazing Spider-Man uh, issue 70 as Nick Spencer continues to take us on with the Sinister War. So quite a few variant covers popping up there. Uh, we will also have Amazing Spider-Man annual number two, which will tie into the Infinite Destinies storyline. So it looks like Spider-Man and Star will be teaming up or facing each other. Either way it could go. America Chavez made in the USA number four will be out Avengers issue 46, which will now take us to world war. She Hulk. That's right. We've had Whoa. all kinds of Hulk wars. Now it's time for Jen to get her version. Uh, Captain America issue 30 will be out. This will be Tanaste Coates, his last issue on that series. So expect a big wrap up there. Captain, or sorry, Children of the Atom number five will be out, uh, continuing on this team of X people, but we don't know if they're mutants or not. So that should be interesting to see. And then get ready for it because it's time for Extreme Carnage. So Extreme Carnage Alpha number one will be out. So that'll be kicking on the next big uh, Carnage attack on the Marvel Universe. So get ready for it. Wait, and wait, if you're wait, a fan wait. of it, is that, sorry, good. Is that variant right there? Is that anti-venom carnage yep well no it's anti-venom uh so he's uh he's back um god why can i not flash thompson there we go flash thompson is back in the flesh and the symbiote or anti-symbiote whatever you want to call it but yeah he's back at it so we'll be seeing some of him uh play a big part in this series as well Hellions issue 13 will be out. Uh, this should be very interesting as we see Mr. Sinister standing over Mr. Sinister. What? So we've had quite a few deaths happening and there is some resurrections, but the mutants are not about resurrecting dupes. So is that Mr. Sinister or is that a dupe? We'll have to find out what's going on. So with is, that one. is that, is that fallout from the hellfire gala? Yeah, I definitely would say so. Um, like after the and the Hellfire Gala, a lot of craziness has been happening. Like bodies are popping up. Um, I don't know if people are okay with spoilers or if you're interested. Uh, two major bodies and one resurrection happened this past week. So let's see. On the good side of things for the resurrection, we got old Cable. He's back. So Wi-Fi and Cable are hanging out together. Um, in terms of the losses. So we had Wanda Maximoff found dead. So that's going to lead us to the trial of Magneto because for what we as readers know, Magneto was the last person seen with Wanda. So did he kill her? That's the big question. And the other, the, the other body that popped up was Gabby. So really? Honey Badger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be huge because, again, with them not resurrecting clones, Gabby is a clone. So I think they're going to have to, um, just like anything else, you're going to have to revisit your rules and think about, is it what's best for everybody or can you make those hard sacrifices? So it's going to be something else. Let's see, moving along, we've got Immortal Hulk issue 48. Uh, continuing on those wild adventures, Runaways issue 37 will be out as well. Thor and Loki double trouble number four will be out. And since we've been talking a lot about variants, this looks like it'll be fun as the cover is poking at their uh, variants of Thor and Loki. So we see Thor as we know him. Uh, it looks like Jane Foster's Thor as well. And then we see uh, Loki and potentially Lady Loki. So that could be a little bit of a, fun riff on the Loki show as we've been watching. 
Ultraman Trials of Ultraman number four will be out as well, continuing on the second series. Uh, these I highly recommend picking up because once they're gone, they get crazy expensive on the secondary market. So Werewolf by Night issue 32 will be reprinted as a facsimile edition. So why is this issue important? Well, it gives us Moon Knight. His first appearance is being reprinted. And, you know, why? Well, I guess the guy's got a TV show coming, so that's definitely a good reason for first that. First appearance of Moon Knight. Interesting. Yep. Um, he's the bad guy, too, which makes that even more wild. So, Because Werewolf yeah, by a, Night a was corner a... Of the, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Werewolf by Night was a good guy? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know anything yeah, about that? the whole that thing book? was very convoluted with the... Uh, the horror books, but that's supposed to be the play. So obviously the werewolf would look like the, uh, the bad guy. So therefore the moon Knight should be out to hunt him. Uh, turns out they're hero and bad guy. And then years later when it gets reconned, it's, Oh no, it's a uh, hero and good guy posing as the bad guy. Uh. to help. Yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia. Or unless we do a 101. <laughs> I'll save it for then. Uh, X-Force issue 21 will be out. Uh, X-Men number one is here. That's right. We are on the sixth volume of X-Men. Uh, Jerry Duggan will now be the main driver of this book. I was lucky enough to get to read it in advance. I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, there's, if you're a fan of Power Rangers, there's definitely a fun moment in there for you. Um, I love the X-Men's new headquarters, so I don't think you'll mind, and this won't be too bad. So the X-Men will now be living in a treehouse. That's right. <laughs> uh, they set up a giant Krakoa-style tree, and that's where the X-Men live. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I thought that was neat. Um, there's a fun interaction between Cyclops and Ben Urich, and then later in the issue, we get to read the article that Ben Urich wrote, and he talks about that, and he's like, you know, it doesn't seem threatening, so that's pretty cool. So I thought that was a fun play on things. Um, and of course, since it's an X-Men book, uh, how could you not have an X-Men book without variants? So for you fans of the classic 1991 X-Men number one that was split up into, I think, four covers where all the teams coalesced onto Magneto. Yep, they're doing it again. So we're going to have the brand new X-Men lineup uh, come, up, come up to Polaris, who will ta be taking Magneto's position. She will not be a villain because she's part of the team. But I think that's a pretty neat homage to uh, Jim Lee's famous cover. Um, so and then, going... oh, this one's pretty cool too. Larry Houston of wow. X-Men the Animated Series fame. He is doing his own variant cover as well. So... Uh, for those of us that are hoping for X-Men, the animated series, there you go. There's a little bit more to add to the speculation and hope, if you will. So what? Wait, how many we got all the way to O? Does it go past yeah, O? Yeah, all the way to O. I mean, if you're... Uh, well, I mean, there are, but not, not, not official ones that anyone can get. I was going to say, if you're already going to be going all the way to O officially, you should go all the way to X. Like, it's an X-Men book. Just go all the way. Hey, you know, uh, my heart says yes, but my wallet says no. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not the one buying them, so I could say these things. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll just finish up from Marvel Collected Editions. We have Black Panther Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda Part 4, uh, which collects the current series. Uh, Captain America Epic Collection Volume 9, The Dawn's Early Light will be getting a new printing. King and Black Atlantis Attacks, which will feature the Namer prequel and running with series to King and Black. Then we will also be getting the Symbiote Spider-Man King and Black uh, tie-in trade paperback as well. And then Wolverine Epic Collection Volume 3, Blood and Claws. So Larry Hama and Mark Silvestri will be uh, the writer-artists on this era of Gosh, this is probably late 80s, early 90s Wolverine. Just, I mean, look at that cover. A giant saber tooth fighting Wolverine in the sewers with Cable doing his best Spider-Man. It just <laughs> does not get any better than that. I mean, was this still a time when, was this still at a time when they thought Cable was a future version of, of uh, Wolverine? Um, I would definitely say, well, I, I know they, they planned on him being the future version of 
a cannonball. That's right. Um, I don't know. Like I, I know I've heard stuff where they were playing with the idea that he could be uh, Wolverine. I know that got used up in the Ultimate X Men, but at this point, let's see. Can I get a year on this? I see eighty eight. So yeah, at this point, we do not know um, who Cable is yet. So. It, it, you, you'll read these and it will be kind of funny to, to see what the speculation was as they were writing this. All right. And that concludes your spinner rack. That is a big spinner rack for this week. So uh, now that you know what is out there for new comic books, let's get into talking about old comic books. Funny thing about it, though. Oh, did you want to talk about that? No, no we can go into it. Okay. Funny thing about that, though, is that there's not a lot out there about the Red Room, is there, Chris? No. Uh, very surprisingly, actually, it's funny. Since we've been doing our research, uh, what, it's been about a week now? So I don't know if you noticed this, but on the fandom page, it was just Red Room. And now it's been turned into Red Room Academy Moscow. Uh-huh. Uh, so the people have been editing this and changing it up, trying to add more. Uh, sadly, nobody's corrected the first appearance because that is totally wrong. And I'm annoyed because I, I did a lot of research to find that book and turns out it was crap. But anyways, uh, according to fandom, they're saying that there's only 35 appearances of the Red Room. And as we've been reading this, yeah, the Red Room, it's it, it's not there yet. It, it's not big enough to have merit its own... Uh, Gosh, I don't know, like its own origins, but luckily it's still cool enough that it's got that mystique to it. So I hope they don't, uh, I hope they don't change it in a rush to start selling books pretty soon. So with the first appearance of the Red Room being up there in, uh, in, in debate at this very moment, the Red Room itself is, is the program, is the name of the program and maybe even an actual room. Uh, but the name of a program that trained Natasha Romanoff or Romanova or Natalie Rushman or whatever, all the other different names that you want to go by, uh, it trained her to become a assassin for the Russian government. Uh, it also trained um, Yelena as another Black Widow. It trained previous Black Widows. Black Widows is the name is now being called the name of. Uh, you know, the pro- another program within the Red Room kind of thing uh, where they trained young women to be assassins uh, by, but also giving them false memories of being ballerinas. Uh, we saw that a lot in the, was it Age of Ultron movie? If you want to use the MCU. But uh, yeah, the, the, this was a program used by the Russian government to uh, train assassins from young women. Yeah, so basically in response to Captain America, uh, mutants, and all kinds of wild things, Russia decided, hey, we need to start doing something. Uh, this clearly plays to the 60s Cold War spies and all that type of stuff so shields out there we've got to have our own thing and yeah what better way than to have the red room which as you said takes young women uh it messes with their biology uh messes with their uh, memories and then helps to create these assassins that are just you know uber amazing um we've seen them be trained in the intense intensity of being ballerinas, but that's just part of the cover. As they get closer, they do live up to their name of being a black widow. And so it's, it's pretty intense stuff. So as I understand it, black widow, uh, the black widow program, and then the wolf spider program, which we talked about earlier, were programs that were run out of the red room, which was controlled by department X, which also developed the Winter Soldier project and the Weapon X project. Am I am I am I wrong in in following that 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 train of thought? I don't know about the Weapon X part, uh, but everything else definitely flows well. Yes. Okay. Because yeah, it has a it has Weapon X over here on the the Weapon X. The Winter Soldier also aided in Wolverine's escape from the Weapon X laboratory. Oh, so maybe it was just they just threw in the winter soldier into the weapon X so that he could, they can get Wolverine out. 
Definitely are even, you know, maybe that, that, that placed the idea of Omega red as well, you know, because, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's true. Like, how do we, we understand that the weapon X program as being a Canadian American, like joint project, right? Yeah, and even then, at, at, in its first, in its origins, it was all 100% Canadian, but because we want Wolverine to be really accepted, it, it's it's more and more turning to that, yeah, uh, Wolverine's an American, he just spent time over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then don't we, don't we throw in Department H also? Isn't that where we get, like, uh, uh, Alpha Flight? Yeah, they've. I've. I've heard them kind of get tossed into the mix. So all these departments but again, and I weapons. Just think it's, it's fun to have those uh, dynamic superpowers of the world that you know fight each other because I'm sure every country is going to have you know as characters get popular they're going to have their own like oh this was the the secret room in in this location where we did all this uh, R and D <laughs> and training. <laughs> Uh, some of the other people that have been trained uh, through the Red Room is uh, Hank Pym's daughter, Nadia. Yes. Yeah, that was quite the surprise. Uh, so Nadia Pym, as she was first introduced to us, so basically the success of Nadia Van Dyne in uh, Argus, Nadia Pym in the Ant-Man movie, then people were starting to say, hey, you know, she'd be a great character. So the big question is, how do we explain where she's been, where she's coming from? So the idea was Hank Pym's first wife, who looked amazingly just like Janet Van Dyne, she was supposedly kidnapped and killed. And so Hank Pym at that point just had to let it go. Um, but, you know, those darn dirty commies, as we saw in the early 60s. But so as time went on, turns out the Maria, that's that's her name, Maria Pym. She actually was pregnant. Uh, the daughter survived. Maria did not. So Nadia was a prime candidate as an orphan of the state. You know, you have baby, we have baby. <laughs> so they took her, took her to the red room and then trained her. Uh, eventually... She learned about who her father was and then developed her own uh, version of Pym Particles to become the new Wasp Escaped, met Janet, and was very impressed with Janet. And that's why she actually uh, she has taken on the full name Nadia Van Dyne because she's been adopted by Jan. And she also takes on the name of, uh, I think at one point it was Red, Red Wasp and then Wicked Wasp or something like that. I know they did play some stuff in the, uh, what was it? Wasn't it uh, MC2? I know they had something there. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. going to be a character where we're going to have a complicated set of first appearances. <laughs> uh, now, what we also spoke about earlier was uh, Wolf Spider, the Wolf Spider op. So if you had Black Widows as your, spy- as your women spiders, you have Wolf Spiders as your men spiders. Uh, we only had one male uh agent to make their way out of the wolf spider program yep nico constantine Constantine. yeah did you do you know anything about this character i do not know anything about this character so he's one of those uh quick implants um this was during winters well during bucky's time as captain america and so after he had a big fight with baron zemo his identity went public. So then the Russians came saying, well, Bucky has committed crimes against the state. He needs to be extradited and brought over to Russia to serve time. So they threw him in a gulag where they put all their, you know, rejects and, and super people. And sure enough, Nico was there and Nico remembers Bucky. Uh, Bucky doesn't remember him at all. And of course it was like, all right, let's, let's have the big fighting scene. And, you know, pretty much Nico lived up to being a wolf spider. You know, his his fighting prowess was all in his legs, hopping around, trying to strangle you, jumping on your shoulders and trying to pop your head off and all these wild stuff. <laughs> yeah, the guy maybe has a total of three to five appearances. <laughs> Nothing major. <laughs> uh, what is Omega Red's involvement in the Red Room? Ooh, that's a tough one. So um, for me, I would just say it's basically the idea of he's Russian. Uh, But let's see here. According to this one, they say that the Red Room brought the mutant 
Uh, Super Soldier Omega Red's freedom with the hopes of using him to their own ends. So Wolverine, Colossus, and Nightcrawler encounter him after he is freed from his master. Uh, he was largely... Da, 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 da. So I guess basically it, it definitely shows that Omega Red was kind of a lure get X-Men and other mutants to come to the Red Room so they could kidnap them and do what they wanted to them. Interesting. So uh, the idea that the Russian government started up the Red Room because they saw, you know, Captain America and, you know, all the mutants that were happening over in stateside. But yet they had, you know, two big mutants on their side. They had Colossus and they had uh, Omega Red, but neither one of them were found by the Russian government first. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting play. Um, I know Omega Red is very loyal to the state as much as he can be in modern times. Uh, but yeah, Colossus, you know, first chance Professor X shows up, you know, Colossus is like, sure, let me go check out this wild world. So <laughs> man, there's a good what if, you know, what if Colossus was part of the Red Room? Then we'd have the Colossal Spider. Ah, there you go. What actually is Omega Red's mutant power? Like, is it the, the tendrils? That's a. I don't know the character that well because I wonder is it kind of like the play on Wolverine where after he got upgraded, the tendrils were a side effect, kind of like the claws? Do they play it that way? I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. So, I, I, you know, uh, as many times as I've seen him in books or I've, you know, watched him on the shows, I have absolutely no idea what his actual superpower is. Yeah, he is. Uh, I just I remember him being a pain to fight in the video game. <laughs> Let's see here. Let's see. His fandom says, his "Yeah, his fandom." Powers. Yeah, sorry. His fandom says Omega Red possesses various superhuman attributes as a result of being a mutant and after undergoing augmentation procedures at the hands of the Soviet government during the 1960s. He's described by Dazzler to be the Omega level mutant, be an Omega level mutant. He has Death Factor. Uh, Omega Red can emit lethal pheromones, death spores, from his body. Uh, life force absorption. Omega Red has the ability and the need to drain the life force of other humans to uh, to his own to sustain his own superhuman strength. I remember that. Yeah, Omega Red is superhumanly strong. Superhuman stamina. Omega Red's muscles ge generate uh, considerably less fatigue toxins. Superhuman durability. Uh, wears a suit of bright red armor composed of material believed to be secondary secondary animantium, superhuman agility, uh, superhuman reflexes, and regenerative healing factor. So I, I would say that he definitely falls in that line of like, we need someone to go up against Wolverine. <laughs> he has to have a healing factor that's just as good. And then we can just go from there, just start adding more stuff. Yeah, pretty much it seems like, you know, like let's let's build him up to be able to fight um to fight Wolverine. Now I'm very curious as you asked, you know, those those tendrils, were they naturally his or is that part of his you are going under argumentation, you know? So <laughs> that's the that's the big question there. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think it's uh I think that was added in augmentation, um, just because they're like you need to have things coming out. I mean it's kind of like, uh, was it Brockapool from X-Men Origins Wolverine, right? Just We'll just add in these swords that come out of your, your wrist. Yep, every, every good augmented mutant has to have something pop out of their hand area. <laughs> uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so if you want to believe that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is part of the Cinematic Universe, and then Agent Carter is also part of the Cinematic Universe, there was a character named, uh, by the name of Dottie Underwood that was introduced there, who was also part of the Red Room and considered a one of the first Black Widows uh, after World War II. Yeah, I recently heard about her. I guess they were saying... Uh the best way to kind of look at her is kind of uh, she could be a stand-in for the original Golden Age Black Widow that appeared in comic book history. So that's kind of a neat homage to both the title and the Golden Age character and then nicely dovetails back into all things Red Room. Yeah, because like uh, as we talked last week um, with 
the comic book version of uh, Natasha, she in the Red Room, they were she was given the Infinity Formula, which then gave her longevity, uh, long life. So, as you put it, like you know, they have to they 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 do it in the way in the cinematic universe to make it seem like uh, even though the the person that the Scarlett Johansson version of the character hasn't been around for decades or like like a long uh, eighty years. They they used a uh, another actress to play the younger version, which is which is the Dottie version. Yeah, I like I like that they cover their bases, but also still keep it realistic outside of comic book science. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you did you have an actual count of how many times the Red Room has showed up in, in storylines? Uh, well, according to the fandom, they're saying 35 appearances. Um, but that's going to be interesting because, you know, I, I feel like it's one of those things like, obviously, this is going to have to get researched. I think this article needs some TLC. But even then, the big question is, when it is it mentioned or is it actually used? That's a big question. I would say right now it's mentioning, you know, like every time, like if you look at some of these appearances, they're just going to be like showing you know, Natasha on a plane or in a train looking out a window and being like, oh, I remember when I was a young child in the red room and it's like, cha-ching, there you go. That counts. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. Uh, yeah. I, we'd have to see about that. Um, what was the, so we, uh, oh yeah, I was going to go with, oh, in the movie. So we haven't watched the movie yet, obviously. Uh, but as we see, from the trailer, we have um, Red Guardian as somewhat of a trainer, maybe, for the Red Room. And then what is the character that Rachel Weiss is playing? Oh, isn't that the Melania Vostokov, I believe, correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah, so she is the Iron Maiden. No, we brought her up last uh, week. Yeah, so she's basically, she was an assassin who is trying to kill the Black Widow to prove her superiority. So I would speculate she might be the villain that we're looking at. And even as I'm looking at this picture um, with that hood and the design of the costume, this is kind of leading me towards, I don't know, I'm getting a very uh, Taskmaster vibe. So, so I wonder... That's a if possibility. That I, mean, I know some people are pointing towards Taskmaster potentially being, uh, you know, not what we think. Yeah, that's a possibility. Like, uh, as much as is Rachel Vice is in the trailer, there's not much is said about her in the trailer. It's a trailer that makes sense. Uh, I think that is a possibility that we are speculating a spoiler here, but we have no idea, so it's just speculation. Uh, the Iron, she, if she is playing the Iron Maiden, which was traditionally a villain of Black Widow, they she could be doing double duty of being the mother figure and then also being the Taskmaster, which uh, is a possibility because we have no idea who is playing Taskmaster. They have not revealed that. Can't wait that till this movie comes wild. out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as I said last week, the character that. Um, David Harbour's playing our version of uh, Red Guardian is in the comic books was married off to Natasha at one point. They they were husband and wife. In this movie coming up, it looks like more it's going to she he's going to be playing a father figure to her. Uh, so other notable points of the Red Room at this point, Chris. So diving in and, and doing a little bit of research, um, I think your best bet if you're wanting to check out the Red Room and some of the players, um, it's going to be more or less checking out Black Widow origin stories. Um, so there is the um, there was one that I, I, I stumbled on and that I was reading, and I don't know if it necessarily plays towards origins, but I think it plays to Yelena's first appearance. So the two widows that took place in the Marvel Knights Black Widow story. And it has a face-off vibe, but that could definitely give us some uh, some information there. Then you're going to want to hearken to... Uh, let me see if I can find it. 
Um, of course I can't find it. <laughs> Did you see the movie with, um, oh, what is her name? The Hunger Games actress, the Mystique actress. Uh, oh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, thank you. Uh, the Red Sparrow or Red Sparrow movie, which it was, you know, when that came out was very much like, oh, this, they're making the Black Widow movie before we even get to get to the Black Widow movie in the MCU. This is because it's very similar. And I don't know if that's like the Red Room and the Black Widow program, uh, from Marvel Comics is very much taken from something else, which it could not be unheard of. Like, I'm sure there were lots of stories of, uh, the, the Russian government doing this type of thing. I mean, I'm sure they were, they told the Russian government told their people, the Americans were doing this kind of thing, like training young kids <laughs> to be assassins. So, uh, I don't know if this is taken from real world, but the fact that the two stories, the red sparrow and black widow are so similar is very eerie. Uh, I know we're not going to get into the same type of story that they got into in red sparrow, uh, but I'm sure there are going to be a lot of similarities. So d- my original question was, did you happen to see that movie, Chris? No, no, I didn't. I think I remember the trailer, uh, just cause I remember some of the action scenes. Cause it's like, you wouldn't expect a secret agent to, you know, look like Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I was like, no, I expect her to look like Scarlett Johansson, obviously. <laughs> Well, that's gonna be the what is it? That's the GoBots version. Now we're gonna get ready for the Transformers one. We get the real thing. <laughs> uh, all right. Did you pull up some other things? Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So uh, definitely check out No Place Like Home. That comes out from Black Widow's 2004 miniseries. Uh, it's gonna explore some of her origins and the darkness from her past. So I'm sure that'll be talking about um, Red Room mentioning there. Uh, then we've got. The Name of the Rose, so that one, she's got to team up with Iron Man and Wolverine, so that can definitely take us back to her past as well, her origins, and then, of course, her, you know, appearing in Iron Man, there's definitely a lot there as well. Homecoming was a big one that that got pushed out, so uh, I believe that was her third or fourth series, so that's definitely there. And then Deadly Origin... um, that's a nice four-part miniseries about her Black Widow's origin. So there's definitely going to be some scenes in the Red Room, and you'll get to see more of how these characters are connected with their origins in the Red Room. So that could definitely be another place to take a sneak peek as well. So let me ask you this, since there's not a lot out there in the way of the origins of the Red Room, uh, what what the the you know the structure of the Red Room pro- program and all that stuff... Would you like to see them dive more into that? Or do you think it's one of the things that is better left to be a mystery so that it can always be, there's no real like parameter set to it. It can be anything it needs to be at the moment of the story. You know, I kind of like the less is more thing. Um, You know, it's, it's kind of like department H, you know, I, I thought that was fun. It was like, well, what is it? What does the H even mean? You know, stuff like that. Um, you know, the idea of Wolverine's Weapon X. Okay, well, it makes sense. He was in the X-Men, um, you know, but it, it added this mystique and this aura to it. But then when they started playing with the, uh, no, he's Weapon 10, and then Captain America's Weapon 1, uh, I don't know. Like, sometimes these connections are neat, but sometimes the lack of it and the, you know, the, we don't care about the magic trick once we know the tell. So, you know, don't, don't give us that or better yet, the, the prestige of it, you know? So it's like, yeah, we, we, <laughs> some things are better left mysterious. So I kind of like that. If the red room is that way, it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, I think it's better off. That being said, uh, what's something that you would like to write and have would do with the red room? Like who, who's a character you'd like to throw in there? Like having a secret connection to the red room. Ooh, that's tough, I guess. So, you know, I've, I've got my fascination with my seven characters. Um, all right, I guess this could be kind of interesting. Let's take, uh, let's take Modoc. Maybe even Baron Zemo. Okay. Um, probably, probably actually, let's take yeah, Baron Zemo. And I want some of the sciences he learned. 
I want to, him to have learned that. And when he created Wonder Man, Simon Williams, he applied some of the techniques. So, you know, some of these uh, Wonder Man upgrades are actually Red Room upgrades. So as he's going to wind up learning his secret connection to the Red Room. Let's give him that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Just Wonder Man's going to be like the interconnection of all like Marvel things in general. <laughs> yeah, they'll keep putting him places till he finally catches on. <laughs> uh, how about in a future X Men story? Uh, we we you know we already have uh, Blue Beast and we have Dark Beast, which is gray. What if uh, you know Hank McCoy has a daughter and we he ends up having a Red Beast and she gets trained in the Red Room? Hey, if if one Hank can have a daughter come from a red room, then why not have another Hank? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now it'll now it'll give the two Hanks even more to bond over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Anything else you want to go over with the red room? No, I think that's about it. Like, I would definitely say, I think the better part about this uh, with their like, because it was interesting. I remember reading about Black Widow. You know, she's what her first appearance takes us all the way back to the sixties. So we're talking a character that's close to, I think 62 was her first appearance. Um, tells us Spence 52 back in 1964. So we're looking at approaching almost 60 years of this character. Like for the first 30 years, it's just appearances. Um, so once we get to the nineties, the late nineties, early two thousands, that's where they start playing with the idea of giving her origins. So I'd almost say, you know, go in, watch the movie, check it out. And then at the end of it, that's where you should be doing a lot of the, uh, the investigations. Cause I think by then, once we know who the major players are, we'll be able to see. Um, and there's going to be a lot to learn cause I'm pretty darn sure once this movie comes out, we're going to have, you know, probably, you know, uh, tales from the red room mini series that pops out and it'll finally explore it, you know? So it's kind of, I like, I was, I was talking with you earlier. It's like the bat cave somewhere. There's an origin, I think, <laughs> but it always just started out as what it was. So take it for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there it is. We are ready to go and watch the movie. Now uh, it should be out in the next couple of days. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Yelena, Belova, the blonde Black Widow that you see in the comic books and will have now seen in the movie. We'll give you a 101 on that on that character and give our initial thoughts on the movie. So please come back and check that out. If you want to talk to me about the Red Room, because you have more information than what we found, please reach out to me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris, where can people find you online? You can definitely find me online as well. Uh, my handle is stuff I should say, should being spelled S H U D. Uh, and then check out geeklymedia.com and aiptcomics.com for all my comic book writings. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekleetmedia.com. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash geekleetmedia for exclusive material that you can only get if you're one of our patrons, just like Reimagine If, which is our right now recap show of Loki on Disney+. Plus. You can see... You can listen to us talk about some of the other connections to comic books that you might not catch on your first viewing. And check and whatever podcast you're using to listen, whatever podcast you're using to listen to us right now, please rate and review us because it helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.